Father God, we want you to help us to be on one accord like we were that we're on the day of Pentecost. We're in one place and we are of one mind and we want you to have your way. In the aspect of the word of God, go forth in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Reverend, so if you have some music, we'll go ahead and start. Okay, let me... Uh... And so this morning, I'm going to uh, be talking about dealing with habitual sin. And I know that's not a popular, popular subject. I know that we would rather not deal with that subject because we're all saved. So why are we talking about sin? Because unfortunately, when we accept Jesus Christ, we still have to fight the battle of sin. Now, there was a group of denomination when I was a girl that used to testify that I thank the Lord that I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and all day long I've been free from sin. Well, that's kind of kind of stretching it. The, the saved, uh, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost was good, but the free from sin was doubtful. You see, because we have to fight that battle all the time. Because we still have that sin nature. We call it the old nature. And we put that sin nature under, and we have to keep it under. We have to work to keep it under. We just can't uh, accept the fact that, or, 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 or walk around with blinders on that we don't have any sin in our lives because we do things and we don't think a thing about it. But really, if you get your way down, right down to it, if you think the wrong thoughts, that's sin. If you eat too much food, that's called gluttony. And I have that battle all the time, overeating. Because Ooh. if it tastes good, I want to eat it all up. And that comes from my inheritance from my alcoholic father. <laughs> you see, because that's what alcoholics do. Y'all that don't know about alcoholics, they drink until it's all gone. And then try to go find some more. And so that spirit carries over into your other behaviors. So, I eat it until it's all gone, unless God help me. And so this morning, I just one example. You may have some other examples, but I know Brother Cedric agrees with me. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. So I'll tell you, you know, Sister Patsy, she takes care of making sure that if I don't cook, I, I have food. Uh, whether she cooks it or she goes, last night we had a hamburger from, I think, McDonald's. I don't know where she got that hamburger from. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she likes those candies called hot tamales. I don't know if y'all know what those are. And, of course, I like any kind of candy like that. Good and plenty here. You know, I like jelly beans, 
I like the the fruit flavored ones. I, I like that uh, gumdrops, you know, the spicy ones. I like that a lot. Uh, it's not good for your teeth because it sticks to your teeth. And I was raised by a man who only allowed us to have chocolate candy. He said, you eat candy. Then you have a Hershey bar. And then after that, you brush your teeth. That man died with all of his teeth but one. One tooth was gone out of his mouth when he died at 61 years old. That was my father. So he was very concerned about you taking care of your teeth. So, you know, chocolate candy, I love chocolate candy, but I like some of that other candy too. But my point is, I'm not satisfied till I eat it all up. So Sister Patsy bought me about three boxes of those uh, hot tamales, stuck them in my purse. So I forgot about them. But the other night I found the candy. And so I had to uh, have some of the candy. I think I ate one whole box that night. You know, just going back, uh, eating them a little bit at a time. Uh, there was a woman named Neva Coyle who is in drug and alcohol recovery. I think she passed away. But uh, she, she taught a lesson on how to eat a whole pie one bite at a time. So that's not my sermon, but I'm just trying to give y'all some examples of what it's like uh, to have that uh, uh, a problem. And your problem may be different from this problem, but it carries on even though I am saved and sanctified. I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. Go go on mute, uh, Zedric. We hear all the sirens behind you. Okay. I'm even sorry. Even though I, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, I still have that problem of overeating, gluttony. And that's sin. So what I'm saying is the sin, the habits don't go away. We have to put them under. You know, I, God delivered me from tobacco, from cigarettes. He delivered me from alcohol. But I, I'm not a fool enough to go back and smoke some more cigarettes. I'll never put another cigarette in my mouth. Because you see, if I do, then I'm, I'm, I'm tempting the devil. I'm tempting the devil because then I'm going to try to prove to him that I can smoke and I don't have to keep on smoking. Well, that's a lie. So anyway, just want to give you a few little uh, uh, hints about habitual sins. And so uh, this morning we, we, we look about, we, we look at this whole issue of uh, uh, dealing with the entanglement of sin. And so we're going to focus on this. The sin which so easily entangles me is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to talk about the sin which so easily entangles me. And then we want to you know, kind of see how we deal with that. How are we dealing with that? Uh, some of us are in drug and alcohol recovery and we do the 12 steps and, you know, that covers some things, but may not cover every uh, problem, every 
sin happen we have. So we need to know that there are certain types of sin, certain specific sins that now we find more easily than others and that cause us to be entangled. So it's true that every Christian, uh, uh, every Christian has certain sins that easily capture us. But we also have to know that it's true in general that sin entangles us. Not all sins are what we call our personal entangling sins or our personal besetting sins or our personal habitual sins. The sins which we commit and then confess, then commit again and then confess and under, uh, you know, these different categories. And some sins fall under the category that we talk, we're talking about today. We're talking about habitual sin. <coughs> so Father, we thank you this morning. We know that sin is still here on the earth. And we know that Jesus came and that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he came so that we uh, could get forgiveness for our sins. And so we thank you, Father God, this morning, that as we talk about these habitual sins, we also know that the scripture in 1 John 1 and 9 says that we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Father God, for ears that are hearing and hearts that are open to receive in the name of Jesus Christ. So, you know, when you hear me talking about sin, uh, don't be uncomfortable because, you know, it's a part of the world today and it's a part of our lives. And we may be very cognizant right now of not sinning, <laughs> but it's there. It's there all the time. And God has made a way for us that even if we do fall from grace, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. It's called repentance. And repentance is because Jesus went to the Cal went to Calvary. He died on the cross. He was buried and resurrected in three days and now sits at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for us. Because you see, he understands what it means to be in a flesh and blood body. And if you're in a flesh and blood body, then sin should be a concern. We should forever be trying to uh, overcome that problem, the sin problem. So we need to understand that sin has great power over our flesh. You know, we are human beings in this flesh and blood body, and we like to make this flesh feel good. And so we do certain things thinking that we're helping ourselves by making this flesh feel good. So sin has great power over our flesh. And the reason it so easily entangles us is because of its power 
and its strength and its force, and it exerts strong influence on our will. Now, that will is another subject. And it exerts strong influence on our emotions. And it exerts strong influence on our affections. And it rarely suggests things to us. It almost always commands. It doesn't just suggest. It commands. Your flesh will lead you around by the nose if you're not careful. I have people who have talked to me about what they didn't feel. Well, I tell you, when you get to talking about feelings, you got to remember that you walk by faith and not by sight. And that feelings thing, you know, I know I had a member and she used to say it all the time about, I, I don't feel that. Well, you better ask God to give you some faith because if you're walking around according to your feelings, your body, your flesh is going to lead you around by the nose. So we need to know that sin has great power over our flesh and we cannot let it be in, in the leadership position. So Galatians 5 and 17 says, the flesh senses desire against the spirit. They are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things you do. The beachhead that sin has with its power in the flesh and sin exerts tremendous power, tremendous strength against our flesh. It is a powerful force and it finds in our flesh a very willing ally, a very receptive environment, you see. That's what the problem is. Our flesh is very willing to cooperate with sin, and we have to realize that. So sin easily entangles us. It's so close. More than just forcing its way from outside, uh, from the outside, powerfully on our flesh, it forces its way so that we often, uh, uh, you know, uh, we often uh, uh, have great difficulty uh, with our flesh. Uh, so when we look uh, at this sin factor. It is very close. In fact, it is in our being. You can become a monk and sit in a cave and you will still deal with sin. So Jeremiah 13, 23 says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then you also can do good who are accustomed to doing evil. The point being, you can no more change the internal semblance that is a part of your life than the leopard can change his spots, or the Ethiopian, and that would be a simple color, can change the color of our skin. And right now, they do have products that you can change somewhat the color of your skin, but you're still gonna be who you are. And, uh, Sin is very powerful and it finds a willing ally in your flesh because your flesh is fallen. Your flesh itself has propensities towards sin. Sin is very close to your flesh. We talk about operating on the flesh. 
And if you are operating in the flesh, there is no faith there. That's what I'm trying to get to this morning. You can't operate in faith and operate in the flesh. You got to do one or the other. Uh, Brother James says you can't uh, you can't have your way with the water. You can't have the water both ways. You got to either have it warm or, or you got to have it cold. You got to have it one or the other. Being lukewarm is not acceptable to God. So our behavior, we can't just be in the middle. We got to go one way or the other. So Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, your heart, and we're talking about that heart that has to do with your spirit, not your physical heart. He says your heart is deceitful. It is more deceitful than everything else and is desperately sick. That's Jeremiah 17 and 9. And then we want to look at the uh, third component that makes sin easily entangled into our lives. And that is sin does not remain separate, but it mingles in all our motives and all our actions. Sin is powerful. Sin is near. And in that, it, it, in that way, it's in us. You see, we came from a sin nature. We came from a sin nature. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that's what they left us. They left us with a sin nature. And bulls and goats were killed and, and to try to eliminate that sin nature. And then God saw that he had to give us a sacrificial lamb because we would never be able to keep the law because the law had us killing animals and still sinning. So what he did was send Jesus Christ and then Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross so that we could have forgiveness. So that we could have forgiveness. So sin is powerful, it's near, it's in us, and it isn't uh, categorically separated. You can't draw a line and say, well, this is where my righteousness ends, and this is where my sinfulness begins. It has a way of weaving itself into the fabric of all <coughs> our duties and all our motives and all our thoughts and all our actions. It entangles itself with our purposes and our plans. In fact, even in your best even your best feet is not mixed with sin. It's tangled up in our lives. So when we look at Romans 7, we see the Apostle Paul says, Oh, wretched man that I am, why? Because no matter how I try, I cannot disentangle myself from sin. No matter what I do. And if you read that Romans chapter 7, try to read it out of one of the... The, the new translation. Because I remember the first time that I was in Romans chapter 7, I read it out of the King James Version. And I tell you what, I was struggling because what he's saying is said in a way that makes you wonder if anybody understands what you're talking about. But if you read it in one of the newer translations, then you can 
understand better what he's saying. But that Romans chapter 7 describes what we're talking about this morning. So sin does not remain separate, but it mingles in all our motives and all our actions. It's powerful, it's near, it's in us. That's what the scripture says. And so sin is, is in us, and sin does not separate itself, but it mingles into everything. It's interwoven with everything in our lives. The best we do is somehow corrupted in some way, large or small, by the taint of self-will. Now, this is where, where as uh, Vernon McGee would say, he's the late Vernon McGee, he said, this is where the rubber meets the road. The taint of self-will or self-pleasure we or self-righteousness or self-gain or whatever, anything that has to do with self. And, you know, we can, we're so used to that kind of attitude. That is the attitude of the world. It's all about me. It's all about me. Uh, Joyce Meyer says in a sermon, she teaches, what about me? What about me? What about me? And that's where the way the world is going. You know, I don't care what happens to you, but what, what about me? I don't care if you don't get nothing, but I want what belongs to me or what I think I want to belong to me. That attitude, you know, uh, that's what the world shows us. And that's, that's what that sin nature uh, promotes. It promotes that. So <clears throat> the question is, how do we lay aside this sin? that so easily besets us. How do we put it aside? How do we put it away? And so we look at the scriptures this morning in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, and it says, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of flesh. Let's get rid of that flesh uh, attitude, uh, making me feel good, making me feel comfortable, and making me uh, all right any way I am. You see, I hear people say, you just have to accept me any way I am, because that's how I am. Well, maybe it might be that's how you are, but is it lining up with the Word of God if you say you're a Christian and your behavior is with that attitude? There is a problem. So we have to understand that, that uh, Jeremiah again says in, in verse in chapter 17 and 9 that the heart is very deceitful. And he's not talking about that heart that's beating in your body. He's talking about your spirit. Is your spirit right or is it deceitful? And you can't have both. You can't have God's spirit and have that flesh. Something's got to go. So that's probably have to learn how to put the flesh under. We have to learn that the flesh uh, is no longer in charge of our bodies. And so again, we go back to that scripture in Hebrews that said, let us lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. Put it aside, put it away. And so 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of flesh. 
But then Ephesians 4 and 22 says, laying aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And Romans 6 and 12 says, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust. You see, we're used to obeying our bodies. And whatever they say, that's how we went. I need some alcohol. I need some drugs. I need food. I need to eat lots of food. Even when it's I'm full, I'm still eating that food. That, that, that's gluttony. And it's not good for us. And we as people of color uh, have a problem with cholesterol and diabetes because of the kind of diet that we have uh, had in the past. And our traditional foods are still good, but we have to allow ourselves to understand how to eat that food and how much of it and how much uh, uh, fat and what have you. And, you know, how much uh, other stuff is in that food uh, that we so love to eat. And, you know, you think about some of the things in, in, in the culture of, uh, uh, of, the black, of uh, African-Americans, you know, in slavery time, they gave us what they thought was uh, the, the remains of the animal that was really no good. And now we pay a lot of money for those things, like oxtails. Oxtails cost like the steak, and I love them. And I like make stew out of them. And I go to a back of yard, that's one of our restaurants around here, and they, they're uh, uh, Caribbean-style food, but they can cook some oxtails. We learned how to eat pig feet and pig tails and pig ears. Some of you may never have done that because you're of a different era, but those parts of the animal uh, were given to the slaves, and the, the prime cuts of the animal over there for the master's house. And so we learned how to survive on those uh, those parts of the animal's body. But we have also learned that some of that food uh, is killing us. It's not all that good for us. And so we have to limit the amount of that kind of food that we eat. But we uh, know that our body uh, will allow us to do whatever we want to do, but it's not always going to be good for us. So Romans 6 and 12 says, don't let sin reign in your modern body, that you should obey its lust. So when you're lusting after some of that stuff, remember it's not good for your body. So you need to eat it in moderation. I'm not telling you not to eat it. I'm just saying eat it in moderation. And First Peter 2 and 1 says, Lay aside all evil, abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Lay aside all evil. Some of us know some evil things, evil thoughts we think about others. 
evil things that we in the past have done to others. But we don't live like that anymore. And so when those thoughts come up, we have to put them under the blood. When that conversation comes up, we have to uh, uh, refrain from it, participating in those conversations when evil comes up. And we need to let God to purify our hearts, purify our thoughts. And we can do that if we get uh, connected with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is not going to condone that behavior. The Word of God is not going to condone that conversation. So we just need to understand that we need to turn away from evil. And the way we're going to do that is to uh, have that close relationship with God and know what the Word of God says. We need to understand that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus and old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And then don't underestimate the seriousness of your sin. You see, some of us, I heard a woman say, she was telling me about some things, and I said, uh, you know, uh, oh, but God understands, she says. And what she was saying God understood was actually against what the Word of God says we should do. And uh, God understands. He knows how I am. Well, he does know how you are, but he didn't intend for you to stay that way. <laughs> That's what we need to understand. God does not bring us this far to continue to, 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 to continue in those old sinful ways. He wants us to become new creatures in Christ Jesus. And old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And, you know, we need to not just uh, play it all. When we know right from wrong, we know right from wrong, and we need to identify with that, that we know when we have sinned and we need to repent. And so that's why we say if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. And don't wait on that. When you, when you do something and you know it's not of God, you need to repent right away. You don't need to wait till later. You need to repent. God, I know that what I just thought was wrong. God, I know that what I just spoke out of my mouth is wrong. And I repent. And I ask you to forgive me. We need to understand that uh, uh, we are supposed to ask forgiveness when we know what we've done or said is wrong. So we're going to uh, not be able to finish this today, but uh, we need to take a solemn vow and say, God, I do not want to sin. I don't want to break your law. I don't want to grieve your spirit. I don't want to dishonor the name of your son, which I bear. And the psalmist says in Psalms 119, uh, Verse 106, I have sworn and I will confirm that, that I will keep thy righteous ordinance.
practices. Unless you have that kind of resolution in your life, you'll find that it's more easy to be entangled by sin. And I believe that it's the kind of heart purpose, it's the kind of bold affirmation that is at the root of all holy living. And until you make that kind of conscious commitment to, to the Lord, you're going to battle those same things over and over again and be defeated. So we look at Psalms 119. And it says, I shall run the way of thy commandments, for thou enlarge my heart. And if you look at this, it's a beautiful picture. I shall run the way of thy commandments, for thou enlarge my heart. What it means is, I am going to run in the way of obedience, obedience, because I have a heart to do, uh, to do that. I want to do what's right. I want to be obedient. And so we start with our heart. So if we understand that if we ask God to create in us clean hearts and renew within us right spirit, then we shall run the way of thy commandments, for thou will enlarge our heart. I'm going to stop right here. There's more that I want to talk about about this subject. And it may be uh, kind of pinching you this morning. It may not be of interest of you this morning. But I'm going to help you understand that sin gets in the way of our blessings. So it's really important that we pay attention to getting that sin, whatever it is, out of our life because it is hindering our blessings. Unforgiveness disobedience, uh, those are hindrances to our prosperity. Those are hindrances if we're seeking healing. Those are our hindrances. You know, we cannot be disobedient to God and expect him to bless that because he's not going to do it. And once we ask forgiveness and allow him to change our behavior, then the blessing will manifest. But he's not going to bless your mess. He's not going to bless my mess. And God knows our hearts. You see, it talks about the heart because God knows what's going on on the inside. You can tell me anything. And some of us, in when we were uh, not saved, we were big liars. We could sell used cars and never blink an eye because we knew how to lie and cheat and do all of that. But that is not the way we're going to live in God's kingdom. That is not the way that God can use us. So we must understand that God knows our heart, he knows our thoughts, and he knows everything about us. So when we try to pretend that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're not doing it, and thank God he's gonna bless us, it's not gonna happen. So if you believe in God for anything right now, and you feel like it's being delayed, and I'm gonna talk about that next time, I'm gonna talk about why our blessings get delayed. But if you, if you, something you believe in God for, and it's being delayed, then you need to say, 
God, where am I missing it? What am I doing that's holding up my blessing? Because I believe in you for whatever it is, the money, the bills paid, checks in the mail, whatever it is, and it's not manifesting. What am I doing wrong? Don't take it that it's somebody else it, because you can hold up your own blessings. And that's why we need to talk about this habitual sin, because it will hold up your blessing. And so with that said, I'm going to stop right here. I think this is a good place to stop. And then when we come back again, we'll finish this. And then we'll talk about uh, how our prayers get, our answers to our prayers get delayed. Because that's another subject that ties right into what we're talking about this morning. We cannot uh, ask God to bless our mess because he's not going to do it. we got to get ourselves in a position that will uh, we have a, a pure heart and that we are being obedient to God and doing what he's telling us to do. We always want him to do but what are we doing? So with that said, uh, we just always want to thank God for each one of you this morning. We thank God for those that uh, uh, may have been online with us for the first time. And uh, we always want to uh, invite those who don't know Jesus Christ to know him and the word of God says that if we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And so if you're with us this morning and you need to do that, you can just say right now with me, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And your word says that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So I thank you this morning, Lord, that I'm inviting uh, you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I'm inviting Jesus Christ into my life to become my Lord and Savior. I believe that he was crucified, that he died, that he was buried and resurrected on the third day. And I believe that he now sits at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed day. Reverend, will you dismiss us, please? Amen. Amen. Thank you for that sermon. Habitual sins. Okay. Yeah, I guess we all we all have them. <laughs> I'm into that that overeating, and uh, uh, I, I say words in my mind. I don't let them come out of my mouth, but I know God hear them, even though people don't hear them. God hear them. So sometimes I have to pray, God, forgive me for my sins that I I know I've done and the ones that I'm going to do. 
because uh, I may not mean to do them. And, and most of the time I don't mean to do them, but they happen because the, the enemy is out there lurking. He's lurking and he's trying to creep in there some way or another, and he, he does. It's this man that, that sing this song, real heavy man, say, uh, uh, don't let the devil drive. Because if he drives, he'll drive you too far. So we got to always keep him uh, uh, out of our cars, which I mean my, our minds. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, habitual sins, I remember that. I, I, I'm... I'm going to use the title Habitual Sins on my podcast. I hope people don't look at it and, and, and be like, oh, I don't want to hear about sins, but that's the title and that's what I'm going to use. So, Father God, I, uh, we just thank you this morning, Father God. We just thank you, Father God, for the message. We thank you for the messenger that, uh, and the message that just went forth, Father God, because we need to hear more than uh, uh, about that, Father God, because people think that they don't do it, Father God, or their sins are minimal, Father God, but there's no minimal sins, Father God. So we thank you for that word, Father God. We ask, uh, Father God, a hedge of protection, Lord, over each and every one here today. We ask that hedge of protection over all the family members represented here today. Fathers, sons, daughters, cousins, Father God. We pray for them all, Father God. And we pray for more of them to join us, Father God, to get these messages, Father God, that they need to hear, Father God. So this morning, we just thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone say amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. All right, y'all be good. Everybody have a blessed week. All right, Denise, Erica, Sabrina, Brina. Amen. God bless you.